I want to welcome everybody to the world according to that man, Benjamin Jeremy Stein. I want to welcome the Rumblers, the Ranthers, the Truthers. I want to welcome everybody out there. From the bottom of our hearts, thank you for all the downloads. Don't forget to leave those comments. And I also want to thank uh, the people in the rants and everybody that follows us. Of course, following Ben Stein, not Judah Friedman. Uh, but thank you all. Uh, and we are humbled. I want to welcome tonight's guest, one of our favorites, one of our top 10 favorite guests. He's America's lawyer, or Washington, D.C.'s original fly in the ointment. He runs FreedomWatchUSA.org. That's FreedomWatchUSA.org. He is the last line of defense for those that can't defend themselves. And mm, uh, well, put, a, well put, well put, well put, well put, well put. Made an omission in his life to defend those at a great cost. So, God bless, you. God bless, you. God bless, God bless you, Larry Clayman. And if there were a million more, conservatives would be in a lot better shape than they are now. But of course, the show would not be complete. There are even a hundred more. That's true. <laughs> we we lost Larry for a second, and uh, of 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 of, of course, we'll be right back. Yeah, uh, of course, the show would not be complete without you, sir. America's humble servant needs no introduction. He's an icon, and he's an iconoclast. Benjamin Jeremy Stein. How are you, sir? I believe that's how you pronounce my name. Uh, I'm fine. Couldn't be better if I were twins. I have the world's most beautiful woman waiting for me at home, and uh, I will soon be home with her and her uh, wonderful, lovely cat. Uh, that cat is really uh, the devil to pay. I wonder, <laughs> wonder how many people say that about... Uh, their cats. Uh, I'm sure uh, uh, when you, it's an attached situation. Some people say that about the cat. Anyways, everybody, welcome to the world according to that man, Benjamin Jeremy Stein. Larry will be back with us in a second, I'm sure. But uh, Ben, obviously, the story of the day is. Yes, uh, yes. Is, I mean, there's the quite indeed. a few stories of the day. There was yes, the first yes, part of the, yes, yes, was yes. the first part of the story, which was the Supreme Court. Oh, and, uh, that was a huge part of the story. That was a huge part of the story, and uh, that was absolutely uh, monumental. And I don't recall, if you could recall, them ever showing, really, the, the Supreme Court hearing a case on national oh, no, television. They've, they've, they've done that. They've done that before. That's, oh. that's, I mean, it's, it's unusual, but it, it has been done. No, no, I'm not saying it hasn't. I'm simply saying I don't remember. Uh -huh. And I had a few people call me and say, wow, they wish they did this more. That they wish. I think it's a very, very smart thing the Supreme Court should be doing all over the country. And I don't see why the United States does not make it our natural and uh, national, uh, what should I say, Obi-Wan Kenobi. I think we should try to make it a captain's reservoir. A what? Sorry. A captain's table reservoir. Everything should be happening on television to the extent it can be. So we. If we see how the process of government works, it's a great, great plus for us and for everybody in the world of democratic uh, procedures in government. And I think it would really stun the American people to see how the Bolshevists are running this country into the ground as fast as they can. I agree 100 percent. I think uh, I think that it, it is great. I'm happy it wasn't on C-SPAN. I'm happy it wasn't on uh it was it was nationally broadcast and the people could see obviously uh that the uh the supreme court uh is 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 not always partisan uh they actually asked some amazing questions uh they they pretty much said this case makes absolutely no sense in a nice sort of way and uh i think it was very refreshing to see the supreme court be the supreme court it was impressive, not what I expected it to be, and uh, I'm, I think uh, Justice Roberts uh, deserves a great deal of credit for the questions that he asked. And I usually the Supreme Court uh, chief, Supreme Court's chief justice, would be the one to dis decide whether or not such a thing would happen. And that once it did decide, that he did decide for it to happen. He would be the one to decide the format and. Uh, why uh, did did it this way? I think it was a it was a, a miracle, a literal miracle that he decided he would let the American public see 
just how bad things had gotten. And then on the other hand, just how good things had gotten. So it was a very, very good day for the Constitution of the United States. And the Constitution of the United States is of life or death significance. So. Well, that's extremely well said, and welcome back, hopefully, Larry Clayman. We were just discussing this morning's uh, uh, how good it was for the Supreme Court, Larry, to actually be on television nationally and to show to show that they're not they they could actually get along and to show the process and how important it was, Larry. Yeah, I mean, it. Uh, I watched some of it. I heard uh, the oral argument. And seemed like the judges really didn't want to create a precedent. They understood the ramifications of what they were doing in terms of what it could be used, not just against Trump, but used against. Well, why don't we, why, why don't we, decide, why, don't we, why, don't we why don't we tell our wonderful viewers and listeners what it was was going on? The the uh, the uh, state of Colorado had decided in its wisdom, the government of that state had decided in its wisdom to not let uh, Senator, uh, sorry, President Trump be on the ballot uh, and uh, not let people vote for who they wanted to have as president uh, this time around. And uh, that was uh, stunning to those of us who thinks it, think that the government is run by the Constitution, not so stunning by those who think it's being run by a clique of powerful uh, East Coast uh, men and women who think that they are governing the country much more so than the uh, people from, uh, well, somewhere else who think that the government should be run by its natural allies, super busy, super powerful, very, very powerful, and super powerful uh, to the extent that, they, that America must know that the Constitution still works. Well, it works in a sense because it suited both political parties, the judges on the court, the justices, rather. Uh, they saw the ramifications for both the Democrat and the Republican Party. But you well, know, that's a good point. Very well taken point. Well, yeah, but but it still it happened. It still happened. And uh, we have I don't think we've ever seen a case so important uh, going before the nation on uh, live television. That was a very, very big decision. That Justice Roberts made. I had to laugh though, uh, Ben, because through no fault or through no uh, great presentation of President Trump's lawyers, you know, he's always had a tendency. Uh, Larry, let's stay with the positives, okay? I know where you're going to go with this. Let's just stay with the positives. Well, let's just stay with. Let's just keep keep this. Well, there's, there's, there's humor the... here. There's humor here. We got to have humor, man. We got to. Well, well, we gotta can we just? I may. Uh, Ketanji yes. Jackson, who's the affirmative action judge, recently sure. confirmed, you know, conjures up one question. Sure. But she's, you could think of one question. So she asked Trump's lawyer, was this an insurrection? And he says, no, it was a criminal riot. <laughs> You're I, kidding. You are kidding. I'm kidding. not kidding. I, I, did, I did not see that. Who, who was it who said that? I forget his name. I did a podcast on it myself. It's up at the Freedom Watch uh, YouTube channel. But uh, I just this felt is like unbelievably terrible. This I is felt terrible. Laughing, you know, and it's sad because he's got another lawyer, Alina Habba, who I've spoken with recently on some matters. She's a very bright girl. She did an excellent job for Trump. She was much maligned. They had to pick on her. And I remember she came outside of the courtroom and made a, a speech about this judge. Uh, What's his name? Ergonon or something? This, I always get it. Oh, right, 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 right. I know who you mean. The Turkish Prime Minister. None of us can pronounce his name. Yeah. Yeah, they're no. both terrorists, so I, I get it confused. So, uh, but she's actually bright. This one is not exactly the sharpest knife in the drawer, but Trump's going to win anyway. He's going to win on this. Okay. So uh, it was, it, it, but at the end of the day, it was a win for the Supremes. And uh, well, but it was again, a, it was a win. <laughs> Jesus. We still haven't told our viewers and listeners what the case was about. It was a, the allegation was that a President Trump was not allowed to be on the ballot in Colorado because uh, he had participated in what the Supreme Court, or rather the prosecutors in Colorado were pleased to call an insurrection. And this was under a the 14th Amendment to the Constitution which had 
decided that people who had been involved in insurrection could not be on a national ballot or even a state ballot. And that was because so many Democrats in Southern states were running and they had been officers or military men in the uh, Civil War and they were winning elections. And the uh, government said, well, we don't like this. We want people to be on the ballot who are loyal citizens that had not been on the a war path, so to speak, against the government. And uh, that's a perfectly sensible decision. Makes total sense. But it was never meant to apply to people who marched 16 blocks down a quiet, peaceful residential street and then started yelling and screaming. And no violence, no guns, no knives, no baseball bats, nothing. Just people saying, we don't like the way our government is being run. Let's have a uh, difficult but uh, necessary change and make uh, Southerners uh, decide that if they're going to go into a a riot situation or an insurrection situation, as they they called it, they were not going to then be allowed to run uh, for Congress or for president or Senate. And we, as, as Americans, I think, are allowed to decide that. But this had nothing to do with what was happening on January 6th, which was 99% peaceful. And and nobody would have even in a million years called it a riotous insurrection. But the Democrats in Colorado did decide to call it that. And therefore, uh, uh, when the uh, Democrats in uh, Washington wanted to pick up on something, they picked up on this ridiculous argument about the 14th Amendment and tried to pretend that the Trump supporters were having an insurrection against the government. But no such thing, even remotely like that, had happened. It just This was a, an argument made of whole cloth. There's no, no, no hint that this was a revolution. Well said. Larry? Unfortunately, unfortunately not. Thank you, by the way. <laughs> okay. But seriously, thank you for that history lesson. No, no, hold on. I think it's very important to know where this came from, where this yeah. ragged, where this raggedy old law came from that has that it was never used. And I think it's extremely important to to, to realize the, there's the levels of of uh, of depravity that the left will go to to bring somebody down. And I want to thank Ben for actually bringing up that extremely eloquent history lesson. Uh, and, well, and thank want, you very much. And I want our, our, our listeners to know. So when they're, they're talking to people, they could explain that to them. So, Larry, go for it. Explain what? Explain what I was just saying. We yeah, no, it was, again. Yeah, this civil was, word. It was yeah. a law that was put in after the civil no, war. No, I didn't ask you to explain anything. I said, it just said, Larry. I said, Ben, explain. I explained. There, there was a real problem after the civil war. Uh, which really should have been called the war between the states, but it was a, a, a grievance that the Republicans had against the Democrats, and we 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 did not want Democrats to be winning elections because they had been involved in a civil war against the government uh, because they did not want to have slavery. The Democrats wanted to have slavery. The Republicans did not want to have slavery. It became decided that uh, we were not going to be a slave-holding society, and uh, therefore uh, the, uh, the country was changed and it became a free country. And uh, it was a great, great uh, pro- piece of progress for humankind. Uh, and now uh, the Democrats have gone back on all that and have said they do want to have, they would like to have a society in which there could be slave-holding and there could be uh huge parts of the country that would be run uh, by politicians who said that our obligation is to the Democrat Party and not to the Constitution. The Republicans have all along said, we want this to be about a free society. The Democrats have all along said, no, we want it to be about trying to preserve the rights of slaveholders. That was a terrible, terrible thing. Now let's hope it's going to be in the past and the toilets of American history classrooms. Well, you're right, Ben. Let me put a little uh, 
light on that as well. It was the slaves were what drove the economy in the South. It was an agrarian economy. The Northern economy was an industrial economy. So it was actually a clash between two different types of economic uh, future in many ways. Well put, well put, Larry, well yeah. put, yes. That's they right. factored and, and, into that because they assisted the agrarian economy in the South. Right, we, and we now know, we, we now know, uh, thanks to very thorough historical research and historiography, as it's called, that in fact, there was a huge, huge, huge uh, population of slaveholders. We do not want to have that be the future of America, and let's hope and pray that that is not going to be the future of America, and that the Republicans, 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 not Democrats, Republicans, wanted America to be a free society where people of all races, of all backgrounds, could have equal political rights. And of course, the president wants that. Uh, now, somehow, the media and fake historians have decided to say that the Republicans were uh, against freedom. But that was all nonsense. Anyway, let's go on now and uh, pray, right. pray, pray for America. Pray for America. Larry, I'll let you close up on that since uh, you did not. Well, I was, I was going to say that things have flipped. Okay, now uh, it's white people that they want to enslave, essentially, uh, today. Uh, we are white domestic terrorists. That's how we are. Uh, Wait a minute. I'm sorry. I don't understand that, Larry. The MAGA Republicans. The, yeah, the MAGA the, Republicans are white domestic terrorists. So these what? would like to enslave us. And they have enslaved us to a large extent with their leftist policies and ideologies and perversions and everything else that they're pushing on the American people right now. So it is flipped. It's, it's yeah, well, I, 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 think, I, think yeah, I completely do that, Larry. Let me do that. We yeah. want an America in which everybody has equal political rights and the Democrats don't want that. They want an America in which certain segments of the population have more rights than other parts of the population. Thank goodness we had a Supreme Court today which seem, seemingly has said we're not going to take that route. We're going to take the other route and we're going to say we as Americans want an America that the people can trust. We want an America where the Congress uh, will vote and uh, we don't want uh, America to be run by uh, slaveholders. And that's uh, that's what America's going to well, be. Well, I mean, Ben, that the Supreme Court rules the way we think it's going to rule with regard to this issue in Colorado, assuming that it does rule in favor of freedom for everyone and equal rights for everyone, it still is a matter of implementation. And there are many you people bet. You country, bet. You there bet. are many people in this country that do not obey the law and will not obey the law and have not obeyed the law, including the President of the United States, who this is the segue, I guess, to what Judah would like to talk about today, has been found to be mentally incompetent to stand trial with regard to his document uh, investigation, the special counsel's investigation. Now, would you, maybe you could, as we say in law school, unpack that a little bit. Uh, Tony, I said that to him before, too. Uh, go That's for it, good, Larry. Unpack good phrase, Larry. Could you unpack that for us, please? We know that various politicians in this country think they're above the law. They take things out of the, the government when they leave. <laughs> Way back when, when the Clintons left, Hillary even stole the White House furniture. That's very now, funny. That's very funny. Yeah. I think that's right. I think that's true. I yeah, we it. actually uncovered that at Judicial Watch, and she had to bring a lot of it back. You know, uh -huh. original. I'm sure, she kept some of it. And being Hillary, there was no crime that was beneath the Clintons. But the various uh, individuals have taken documents they should not have taken. Biden took as a vice president, and he had no ability to do that as vice president, classified documents, took them to senators, senator and vice president, took them to his house, kept them in the trunk of his car. Uh, Hunter Biden had access to it. Hunter Biden was having a relationship with a communist Chinese spy at the time that he brought over to the house. So Biden clearly. Incredible. I think, I think, I think uh, Larry, you're being much too modest here. That's a hell of a big story. The son of the vice president was having a romantic relationship with a communist Chinese spy, and that somehow slipped under the radar of all the national media. What happened? Why? 
Why wasn't there yelling and screaming about that? Why wasn't there a domestic insurrection about that? You know, there never has, there never has been, Ben. Uh, John F. Kennedy had a, a re, I wouldn't call it romantic. I don't think there was much romanticism with John Kennedy. He just basically wanted to have sex. But he had a relationship with an East German spy named Ellen Rose. Really? I, I, so, I'm dear, 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 dear Larry, very, very dear, dear friend. Tell us a little bit more about that story because I, I try to follow these things fairly closely and my wife follows them very, very closely. So maybe you could tell us a little yeah, bit Dan more Hoover about that. Yeah, Dan got wind of it and, uh, you know, wiretapped John Kennedy and used it to blackmail him with when Hoover wanted things to happen on behalf of his FBI. In fact, there's an interesting story because when I brought a lawsuit at Judicial Watch over Filegate, Filegate was when Hillary Clinton with her little uh, munchkin, Craig Livingstone, uh, Livingston, got 900 FBI files. That time, you know, electronic communications weren't what they were today. Took 900 FBI files to the White House quarters of adversaries of the Clintons. I brought a lawsuit uh, for many of them. And at that time, George Stephanopoulos, who had been White House communications director, had left. I remember him well. Remember him well. Yeah, he's, he's a little midget. And uh, <laughs> but he, uh, my ex-wife saw him going hand in hand with some guy down the street, you know, on Capitol Hill. Not by, that being said, that being said, I got all this gossip I can throw out today, Ben. That being said, he made a statement when he got a job for ABC that this was the Ellen Romish strategy of Larry Clayman and the Republicans to take Filegate and make it a major scandal. And then I got Judge Royce Lamberth, because that was an acknowledgement of what happened with Kennedy to uh, allow me to take Stephanopoulos's deposition. And at that deposition, he was very disrespectful to the judge. He lied, got caught lying. And the judge made a finding that he lied under oath. And it was interesting because he was working with Sam Donaldson at the time on ABC. And Sam called me up and said, what's this about uh, my partner lying? I said, yeah, he lied. He lied under oath. They were worried about his credibility because in, no in those days, they actually worried about credibility. Today, you don't have to cre have credibility on any cable station. It doesn't matter. But that's the backstory of that is that. That is a very, very sure. I think you're way too modest about this. That's a very scary story. That is a very scary story that a man in a position as high as uh, the one you have just described would just blatantly lie before a federal judge. That's very, very serious stuff. He was sanctioned for it by, by the judge. Uh, nothing ever happened to him because they protected little Georgie. And he continues today to be uh, on ABC's uh, morning news or whatever it's called. I don't watch it. I can't stand watching them. But in any event, uh, so Biden is not indicted. Trump is indicted. No, no, no. Go back. Biden is not is not indicted under under the fact that he is uh, uh, his memory is shot. His uh, he doesn't remember when his son died. He doesn't remember when he Listen. was vice. He doesn't remember when he was vice president. He uh, uh, so it, it, he's a likable guy. So the jury would have a hard time. I mean, I've never heard this in my life uh, coming from. Uh, I mean, maybe you have, Larry, of, 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 for a sitting president saying he's got no business being in office, and these are the reasons why he shouldn't be on trial because the jury will side and be sympathetic to a nice old senile man and as a friend of mine said exactly whose mother sadly has dementia uh that's exactly how ucla uh ucla described her dementia to him uh that the, the exact way that the the the, the um the special counsel did larry that's exactly well, going back in time you might remember the independent counsel <clears throat> robert ray who succeeded Ken Starr, I remember, remember well. Remember, refused, remember well. And, he was, and he was a Republican appointee, refused to indict Hillary Clinton on grounds that a D.C. jury would never convict Hillary Clinton. He had her dead to rights and he admitted it. But that was the basis, prosecutorial discretion. And this is what these prosecutors do. They prosecute those who we want to prosecute and those who they don't want to prosecute. But there's a, a nefarious reason here, I think. And Jude and I were talking about it before you came on, Ben, is that this special prosecutor is actually doing the bidding of the Democrat Party because the Democrat Party 
wants to get rid of Biden. He's dragging them down. And now they now they have a reason that there's been a finding by a special prosecutor that the president of the United States is so mentally gone that he can't stand trial, that he's incompetent mentally as well as physically. So I predict, Judah and I differ on this, I predict that Biden will be gone within a few months, if not sooner. In fact, many people speculated that his press conference tonight was going to be a resignation, and they'll insert Gavin Newsom. They'll find a way to bend the rules in these states to have him inserted, and he's a much more difficult opponent for Donald Trump, believe me, because the American people, not our supporters, not your listeners and viewers, Judah and Ben, but most Americans vote on how somebody looks. Uh, very That's super- a very, very important and point. I, keep on bringing I, 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 really, I really wish we could hit that over and over and okay. over again. I think it's incredibly important, Larry, and you are to be congratulated for bringing it up. It's very, very important. Larry, really this important. is this is the one place I'll disagree with you on because uh, I actually also was thinking he might come out and uh, resign. Come I out. Actually, Wait a minute. Oh, I, I thought he was going to come out in his press conference, but I keep on saying this to you about the Gavin Newsom thing. Unless Gavin Newsom comes out of the closet, he you cannot replace Kamala Harris on the ticket with somebody with the way they they pigeonhole themselves in with intersectionality. Keep saying this over and over again. You have to replace her with somebody of equal or greater uh, stature in that intersectionality chain. And the in 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 the in, in Maslow's uh, thing, but in the intersectionality. Well, so you leave her as vice president. You can't. You can't. Very frightening thought. You, 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 terribly frightening thought. You can't super her with a white straight man. You would have to find somebody. Of uh, uh, wow, of, uh, wow, I, and yes, wow. you're right. They Michelle do, Obama. It, 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 there you are. Somebody else. It's got to be somebody. So the Newsom thing to me is a non-starter simply because of that fact. You cannot replace a black woman. Well, you, wait, wait. In California, Newsom can walk into the state registrar tomorrow and declare that he's black, and then he's black. In California, he can be black if he wants to be. Uh, thank, thank you, thank you, Shecky. And uh, true. But, 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 in all seriousness, it's, no, it's not going to be Newsom. It'll be Harris or somebody else that's black or gay or somebody like that on the intersectionality scale. And uh, I, that's just my humble opinion. I could be wrong. But Maybe I do get Jean Pierre, the press secretary. Yeah, right. Kareem, yeah. right. It's, but that's exactly my point, Larry. It's got to be somebody like Kareem. It, it has right. She she she's the highest degree on the intersection on the intersectionality scale. And um, Ben, I mean, I could guarantee you they're not going to give uh, Trump a pass on his uh, uh, on his trial if that ever goes through for the uh, documents they found at Mar-a-Lago because uh, uh, Biden got a pass. What is it going to be with uh, with Trump? With Trump? I mean, what would he, what would Larry? What would his pass be? Well, for his pass is the judge. The judge is a moron down there, Eileen Cannon. Okay, I've been in front of her. I mean, just a complete idiot. And uh, she'll complete do everything. Complete idiot, rare of she He appointed her, and uh, she'll find a way to throw this thing past the election, and then he can pardon himself. Wow. You know, something. this is really scary, and I, I think these are brilliant theories. Uh, I, I'm very sad that... Uh, we, well, I'm happy that we have you on to talk about this, but very, very, very sad that this is the state of the nation that we ha- could possibly have a person as dishonest as these people uh, running the country, running the government anyway of this country. That these are serious, serious matters. You're right. And I, I think the, the worst part, I mean, as a Jew, the worst part uh, was afterwards, the press conference when Biden said that uh, he believed Israel had gone over the top with Hamas. And uh, so basically in the press conference, which I was actually shocked that he actually had a press conference, Larry, he put targets on Jews all around the world's back by saying that that uh, that uh, Israel went too far with Hamas. I mean, it's absolutely well, insane. It's good that he finally uh, showed his cards and he, the reason he did, I think he was so shaken with the so-called press conference. In fact, he walked off and he said, I 
I'm not taking any more questions. And then somebody asked him a question about Israel and he came back and, you know, he just let it, let it loose. This is what we've known this has been happening. Uh, Anthony Blinken, uh, a leftist Jew, you know, we're all Jewish. I don't know that you have three Jewish conservatives at the same time on any show anymore, but we you got them here. Uh, he has been selling out Israel from day one and he's over there doing it right now. So he's doing it at the direction of Biden and, and the rest of the leftists. Uh, in this government, so-called government. I can't call it a government. I don't recognize its validity, frankly. But uh, this is not a surprise. And This is very, very surprising to me, Larry, and I I think we are extremely fortunate that Judah uh, found you and that you are explicating this so very, very powerful and clearly. And uh, this really, you have really done a service for our great country tonight by saying what you've been saying. It's just Really, really, really important. I'm extremely you, grateful as a friend. Thank you. As a friend and as a fellow conservative and an American. This is, this, these are very scary stories that we're hearing. It's terrifying, I would say. Well, this is why we need a new government, not a new nation, Ben. I really do believe. Well, we're not going to get you. You think you're going to replace the replace the constitution i don't think so i hope not no i'm not saying to replace the constitution but we need you you've read the book atlas shrugged right with by ayn rand i've read it so yeah. long ago it's, you're a great author too where oh god bless you John Ball takes industrialists takes uh you know acad academics lawyers doctors ever just they remove themselves from society uh, and get ready to come back to take the country over as it's collapsing under similar situation that we live today where everything's dumbed down, where uh, everybody is equal, there's no uh, initiative to, to succeed. Uh, that's where we are today. And, you know, I think in many ways, uh, we are at Atlas Shrugged right now, but no one is willing to put their foot forward yet. I think they will, uh, as things get worse, to actually put together a shadow government and to form a new government. Look what Charles de Gaulle did in World War II. He went to London when the Nazis took over France. And he effectively ran France from London, and then he came back. Uh, de Gaulle was a, a tremendous leader. The United States has never appreciated truly how great he well, was. Well, Nixon did. Nixon appreciated him and understood his significance. But uh, you're, you're quite right. De Gaulle did understand that something dramatic had happened and that something dramatic was needed. And de Gaulle understood that even with the Nazis running France, the solution would not be the problem would not be cured, and the solution not be found until France had a whole new view of the world. Right, and and he was going to give it to them. He did, and he did. And we should, we can, and should, and, and indeed must. Why don't we set yeah. up a shadow government? You know, at least. Yeah, okay, Larry. In all seriousness, we're not saying. Please, I mean, I love you. I, I, but we're coming up on elections, and uh, supposedly Verona McDaniel is uh, Romney McDaniel is stepping down right now. Larry, there already is a shadow government. Okay, then, but I mean, uh, Judah, Judah, if you see how the Republicans completely screwed this week up, this is so typical of them. Okay, first of all. These rhino Republicans in the Senate, led by Mitch McConnell, agree to an immigration bill that is going to let 2 million people in a year, okay, 5,000 a day. So Biden wants that because then he can claim, oh, I've solved this because now I have a bill, I have a legislation. Then the idiot Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, calls a vote on impeachment of Mayorkas. They shouldn't have been impeaching Mayorkas in the first place. They should have been impeaching Biden. He was simply taking orders. But the guy never counts the votes. So they come to the floor and the Republicans lose on that. Are you telling me Republicans can can run this country? They no, Larry, I, Larry, I'm not, I, no, Larry, I'm not at all. And I don't think anybody on this show has ever said that. We actually discussed this the other night that, no, we don't we don't have faith in Republicans right now. But, yes, this week was saved, sadly, tonight by this horrific uh, showcase of uh what we have is the president of the United States that he's not fit for service. He's just not, he doesn't have the capability to be our, the president of the United States when the world is literally on fire right now. Right. And, and, and there is a shadow government, Larry. I mean, you keep on talking about a shadow government. That's what's called the deep state. 
And well, that's the that's the evil shadow government. I'm talking about a good shadow government. Uh, yeah, I I I understand what you're saying, but Larry, we're 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 right now we're still a two party system, and I I I believe wholeheartedly in what you're saying. So I'm not. Uh, well, it's good to have a debate. I don't mind that you disagree with me. Yeah, I'm not. No, it's not that I don't. It's not that I disagree with you. It's just it's now it's not in the foreseeable future, but Larry. Here's the irony, Judah. This is where. You know, I think I'm right, and you think you're right, and I respect that. But the Democrats are now the ones that want Biden out. The Republicans are the ones that want to keep him dangling as president because they think they can beat him. But if he does get pushed out, it becomes less likely that President Trump wins in November. That's a fact. And whether it's Newsom or Michelle Obama or anybody else, and what we said earlier, Ben acknowledged it, the American people are generally not our supporters, but they're generally uneducated, ignorant, and vote on how someone looks. And, you know, unfortunately, if they come up with, you know, somebody who has that kind of an appeal on the Democrat side, we could wind up with another four years of this leftist dictatorship that we've been living under. No, you're, listen, Larry, I don't disagree with you. I, I don't I don't disagree with you. Obviously, there needs to be a lot of change, and uh, it, 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 it's a very scary situation where we are as a country, where the Republican Party is as the Republican Party, and it's an extremely scary situation where the Democrat Party is where the Democrat Party is. And it's even scarier when you have the President of the United States saying that Hamas went over, that Israel went over the top in its response to Hamas. That is... Uh, Terrifying, absolutely breathtaking. And when the president says he talked to President French President Mitterrand last week, that's a problem. When he yes, says when did Mitterrand die thirty years ago? Yeah, years ago. He's getting better because yesterday <laughs> he said he talked to Helmut Kohl of Germany. He died in 2017, and today he said that it was Mexico that wouldn't let the people from Gaza out to. Uh, into Egypt, <laughs> right? He, was, he said he was talking to Mexico. Yeah, so, no, I, and, and they had, and in the other day they had to remind him it was Hamas. He, you know, he he was saying Israel and the opposition, and somebody said Hamas, and he's like, oh yeah, Hamas. And this is this is this is uh, what we're dealing with. They're extremely. Uh, we Ben, this is. I don't recall. I mean, I, I know you 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 you're an historian of. Uh, do you recall this? Uh, no, I do not. And, uh, I, I think it's, it's terrifying. It's just absolutely terrifying. Oh, yeah. And, uh, we are, we are, we are in a very scary place in the history of the United States of America. And, uh, I don't know what to say, except the Democrat party, I think, uh, likes it fine like this. Why? I'm not quite sure, but they seem to. And, uh, it's, it's, just really, really scary. Really, really scary, at least to me. I don't know. It might not be scary to, uh, I don't know, uh, Schumer, but it's scary but to ben, me. you know, worked in the Nixon administration and loves Richard Nixon. And I Lo loves him. I, 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 not I, even putting a straw. I think <laughs> Nixon made some mistakes, but on a, on a whole, he is one of the best presidents of the, of the 20th century. Okay? I think the best, but, and but he was a patriot. Really a real patriot. When he, when he saw that he was, a detriment to the country for whatever unfair reason it may have been, he resigned for the good of the country. This guy is so selfish and his wife is so selfish and they're such criminals that they're holding on to power so they can control the Justice Department so they won't get indicted, as we just saw just today, uh, among other factors. This is selfish. It's, it's treason. I hold his wife as accountable as he is. And and she's caught profited by the criminal enterprise too. They had to lock her up as well. Wait, they had to lock who up? Jill Biden. Jill. Doctor Jill. Wait, wait, she's a doctor. Yeah. Are you going to tell me that a doctor is a criminal? Yes. Doctor Remember Doctor Mangala? I don't think you have to. I don't think you have to go right, back as far as. I don't think you have to go back as far as Doctor Mangala to look at criminal. Right, doctor Fauci. Let's let's right. go back, back there. Yeah, it, it, I don't think you're right. I, I don't think you have to uh, go back that far. And uh, yeah, it, it's very eerie how I don't want 
I don't like using Mangle as as analogies. Uh, no, I don't either. To, we to, we to, have a we don't like using to, 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 to other to to people like Mangle or whatever. But um, uh, it, it's a dark, it's a very dark day in America. And uh, to the people that were listening to the comp- press conference afterwards, it was uh, a very best dark, conference after what sir? after after uh, after Biden's speech. He actually took questions, and to people that were listening, it was extremely dark. It was extremely frightening. It was. Uh, uh, I mean, he threw everybody and his staff under the bus. He blamed everybody. It was Larry. I don't know if you heard it. Yeah. He was. Yeah, he was. His staff. Yeah, he blamed everybody. Right. Forty years of paperwork, all in the staff. It was all, and and it it was just it was a horror show. And uh, I don't think the New York Times is going to cover for him right now. I never saw the White House press corps, which is ninety nine point nine percent leftist, look like they were a bunch of coyotes in a pack ready to take someone out. They, they were foaming at the mouth and screaming. And uh, I've never seen anything like that. And, and that should be, you know, to the extent the Republicans want to do advertising on this issue, that'll be in their advertisements for sure. Now, this, is a, this is a very scary day for the Republican Party and for the Democrat Party. And uh, I sure hope we can find our way out of this because it's a dark, dark, dark day for America. Let's hope and pray we get some Republicans in there who are not afraid to tell the American people the truth, which is that we are running on empty in terms of people with good sense at the helm of the government. And and, and Ben, you also brought something up. This this uh, and, and we were on the phone before, and you brought something up that it, 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 not enough people talk about. He's not a good guy. The guy's He's not, not a good. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Know, the, 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 this thing about Biden and it, 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 people oh, this, sort of wanting to, to skirt this, this issue uh, of uh, of going after him. This guy is not a good guy. No, he's, he's not a what you would call a solid uh, human, a solid citizen, Ben. And, uh, you know, his health going and all. He's done a lot of damage to a lot of people. And uh, not very nice to a lot of people. So I was happy you actually said that to me on the phone and you brought that up because uh, the cover up of Biden is, uh, you know, the, the Uncle Joe and uh, the, the grandpa, as they call them. But uh, it, it's, it's very dark times. Yeah, we very dark times. And we, shall, we, have to, we have to do our very, very best to keep America chugging along. America is the light. Of mankind, it's not not a very very important thing. It's the light of mankind. There, if there were no America, there would be very little hope for mankind. America is the glory of the human race, and if we are going to just let lunatic idiots like the Democrats uh, run this country, we are in terrible, terrible, terrible trouble. Just Terrible, terrible, terrible trouble. Just breathtakingly bad trouble. Well said, Ben. Yeah, I was bringing the thing that when liberty is extinguished here in the United States, it will be gone everywhere else. I'm just paraphrasing. Who said that? I'm sorry, President Reagan. I'm paraphrasing what he said. And I think you're no, you're you're listen, you're a hundred percent correct, Larry. And that's it's but but both of you just said we have to always be. That thing we don't always ha- want to be. We have to fake it sometimes, even when it's not the reality of the moment or the reality of the situation. Yeah. And we have to be that. That is who we are. And that's why Ben constantly talks about having a great, having our defense built. It's it, it's so important that I mean, think about the you know Ben always talks about what the platform should be, and we forget one other thing, Ben, when we constantly talk about it, which is drilling. Trump had us energy independent and he had us oil independent. And we have to talk about those things because those things are national security issues. And those are extremely important things that the world needs to see, Larry, is that we're an independent that that we that that we're strong and we're not strong right now. No, and we're if you think things are bad now, if this guy stays in power, the world is just going to explode even more. I mean, we're on the cusp, hate to be Debbie Downer of a, a potential nuclear exchange in some place in this in this world it's not far off and you know and i blame 
the Republicans too. I mean, what have we been doing with Iran all these years? Why did we let them get to the point that they can have a nuclear weapon in two weeks? I think they already do. And why are we not using this as an opportunity to take them out? And I don't hear the Republicans screaming about Iran. Take Iran. The Iran nuclear facilities, okay, and the Supreme Leader. I don't hear the Republicans saying that. They're they're just skirting around the edges too. Oh, let's do economic sanctions. Oh, let's bomb a few oil fields. Well, these these maniacs that are you know are bent not just on killing Jews but Christians and everyone else that doesn't agree with their radical form of Islam. They have the atom bomb now, and we're not going to use this as an opportunity to take that out. And where are the Republicans in that? I don't even hear Trump saying that. Sorry, I don't hear I don't hear anybody saying anything about it. And you're entirely right. This is a very dangerous situation. Why are the Republicans afraid here in America, here in America, to say this is life or death for humanity? And we're not going to let this opportunity go by. We're going to say we will stand up for a humanity and for a humane people yeah. of the world uh, rise. Here's the thing. The Iranians have always said that if their war breaks out, they will stop all shipping in the Persian Gulf and the Red Sea. Well, it's basically stopped right now. Thanks to this, you know, peanut uh, surrogate, the Houthis. I mean, we can't even deal with them in terms of Biden. So what do we have to lose in taking them out now? I mean, if we don't do it now, we're never going to do it. It reminds me, I've said it before, of the movie uh, Dr. Strangelove when Slim Pickens reads, rides the bomb down at the end and says, might as well take care of the Ruskies now. We're going to have to do it sooner or later. Well, we're going to have to do it sooner or later. And it's not going to be that we will be able to do it. Because once they have the atom bomb, you can't do anything. So listen, listen, you're you're 100 percent correct. Both of you are. And I just uh, we we are getting a little short of time. But I, I think I, we're very, very short of time. And yeah. I'd like to say to our viewers and uh, landscapers and people who are looking at this show and thinking, of these guys are a bunch of worry wars. I am worried. I am worried. America, the world uh, went along for something uh, in a rough form of civilization for something like 58,000 years. And then along came America. Along first came England and then America. And it's been a struggle, struggle, struggle to maintain this free society. It's been an incredible struggle. Incredibly great men and women, like my father-in-law, gave put up their lives for this. And now we're just tossing away for what, for what? What what was this all about? What were you fighting for? You know, you're completely you're you're absolutely a hundred percent right. We're spitting on the graves right now of everybody that died for us to have this this amazing uh, this amazing country. We are good, literally. Yeah. Sorry, Larry? it's good because we have to rally the troops. You have to scare them. I mean, you know, our founding fathers had to level with. The colonies to get them to rise up. They were fat and happy. I mean, they were doing pretty well under King George III, even with high taxes, kind of like California, you know? And, you know, they saw further than that. They said, this is going to mushroom our, our children, our grandkids, future generations. They're going to be living under a dictatorship of the King of England. We better do it now, because if we don't do it now, we're not going to be able to do it at all. Yeah, you know, I think it's a very good point. We are We have the opportunity now may never have it again and uh you know i'm an old man i don't know how much longer i have to live to try to uh maintain the society uh as uh, as a free society and let the greatest genius of mankind flower flower and grow how much longer do we have uh and again i always go to that barry mcguire song eve of destruction and uh uh it, it's uh it really does feel like that. And I've always, I always love that you taught me that interesting tidbit that Richard Nixon uh, co-opted that song to use against the left. Uh, and for people that aren't familiar with the song, I really encourage you to listen to Eve of Destruction by Barry McGuire. I don't think he wrote it, but I know he sang it. And uh, we're not that it's amazing how 60 some odd years later, we're still in the same boat. And, uh, we have a lot of problems going on right now, and we have to be very vigilant. 
and I, I don't plug him enough, but uh, Larry Clayman runs FreedomWatchUSA.org, uh, which is an extremely special organization. And Larry does amazing work uh, defending those that can't defend themselves. As I said, he's the last line of defense. So go to FreedomWatchUSA.org. That's FreedomWatchUSA.org. And give what you can. If you can, give, please. Larry, they need your help. January 6th defendants need your help. And Larry is the one that's defending them. So if you actually want to go do some good with your few extra dollars, if you have them, please go to FreedomWatchUSA.org. He's doing the work, so you don't have to. And uh, But that money, that work sometimes does cost money. On that note, I want to thank everybody. I want to thank the Rumblers, the Ranthers, the Truthers. I want to thank Larry Clayman for showing and up ben, tonight. And Ben. Ben's the and I was wondering, I was going to forget to thank Ben. And of course, it wouldn't be complete without our historian. And I really want to thank you for all the history lessons you gave tonight, Ben, because I think it's so important. Well, you're very kind. Thank it's so important. Much. It's a, because I, I'm in different groups of people that talk, and I think it's so important. You give me so much history to base stuff on. And when people hear history, it might not change their mind, but it might have them say, oh. And it might just give them that little bit of pause, and it might change a few people's minds. So I think it's incredibly important that you share the history behind all of these things. So on that note, God bless you all. God bless this great country. Ben, God bless you. And uh, God bless wifey, Larry, your whole family, everybody out there. God bless. Have a great <laughs> night. We will see everybody, God, God willing, on Saturday night. God bless you all. And God bless America. This wonderful, glorious, glorious place. I want to just say one more thing, because I see on my very good Timex watch, costs $42. <clears throat> Ready? We talk and talk, and the media talks and talks about what a racist, horrible country this is. Since 2000, we have had something like, very roughly, don't want to say it's precise, something like 12 million illegal aliens, roughly, because we don't know exactly, obviously, come into America. How many Americans would you think have left the United States to go to points south, points north, points east and west? How many Americans do you think have left this glorious America to go somewhere else? Very few. Not, not many. And uh, cannot even be counted. The number so small, it cannot even be counted. And we are not anywhere near appreciative enough of this incredibly great country that God has given to us. Extremely well said. And on that note, God bless you all. We will see. Amen. We'll see everybody on Saturday night. Have a good night.